right, what's going on, guys? This is your host. I go by the name of R.S. Plaza. Today, I have a special guest in the building. He goes by the Tax Wolf. Is it the Tax Wolf Deed? Deed Tax Wolf? <laughs> I'm messing it up right and early, man. I always apologize. Tax, what is it, man? Tax Deed Wolf. Tax Deed Wolf. And you go by, your real name is? Joseph. Joseph, yeah. Nice, Joseph. So tell me, how did you get this name, man? Let's just jump right in. How did you get... The tax deed wolf. I was going to say, well, Joseph, well, my mom yeah, named right. me that, but <laughs> if we have so, to go there. Tax deed wolf. So a lot of people think I do taxes. I literally just had somebody hit me up today. It's like, oh, can you cut, you know, this, these people want to know about this. Can you come teach them about how they can write off their their kids? And blah, blah. I was like, whoa, 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 look, I do tax deeds. In the U.S., when people uh, don't pay their property taxes, county takes their property, sells it at an auction. And this is what we call a tax sale or a tax lien or a tax deed, depending on which type of sale it is. So once I became the goat in the tax deed area, I was like, I'm not, I don't want to be the goat. I want to be the wolf. Love that. So we're like tax deed wolf and we, and we ran with it. So what resonates with the wolf that you were like, I want to be the wolf, not the goat? Man, the, the wolf is just, I could do it by myself. And then there's been so many times where I've had to do it by myself, mm. but I still operate so well with the team, you know, being prior army and everything. I can do it in a team 10 times better, but if I have to be the lone wolf, I'll be the lone wolf and there's no excuses. Still, we're going to get it done. I love that. So you can run in the pack, but if you got to go hunt on your own, it's cool. It's all good. <laughs> so so tell me, man, with the army, right? Like, let's go back there. Like, how has that helped you? I feel like overall in life and then we could talk about like the business side. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the main thing that the army helped me with is uh, dealing with adversity. And that's something 2022 so many especially us citizens they don't they can't take nothing mm. you know they're you know everybody's depressed and it's like one lick of one one obstacle and and we're done we're crying we're blaming other people so what the army helped me with ultimately is learning how to fail fast and move on right mm. okay on to the next this is just one obstacle let me figure out how I'm going to get through it if i can't get through it guess what i have a team of people i can call on that might know something that I don't know. And ultimately, we're just, we're going to get through it, right? That's life. You're still alive. Keep going. And that, that's the best thing that the Army ever gave me. Now, now, how do you remind yourself that? Because we're human, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, we would be robots if we could just clearly <laughs> block it fully out, right? So, what, what, what methods do you do to remind yourself that, hey, I'm going to get through this? Everyone's a product of their environment. So, for me, it, it's a matter of... You know, after I left Afghanistan in 2013, uh, I actually I was diagnosed with PTSD, right? So many of us were. Um, but my PTSD was more of a form of anxiety, right? Mm. It came in anxiety. So on the inside, I feel like, oh, crap. Like, it's just a whole lot going on on the inside. But the cool thing is I was always so calm and collective. No one ever knew. So one thing that I had to do is I had to ground myself. I literally would check my pulse. Working in the ICU, sometimes I just like, you know, I go to the break room and just Check my pulse really quick, and I, I'm still alive. Okay, I'm not dying, right? I'm still here. Let's get it. And that's literally all it took. Just That's great, man. And, you know, how, how do you correlate the breathing with anxiety? So, so for me, it wasn't so much the breathing. It was more so, man, it's crazy how the brain works. You know, you could tell yourself anything, and, and that's that. So for me, it was more so... Uh, it wasn't a breathing issue for me. I never had to like do the deep breaths or anything like that. Right. It was literally just, uh, okay, I'm alive. Like literally checking the pulse did it for me. 
everyone's different. Everyone has their, you know, everyone has their thing. Some people uh, legit swear they need pills. Some people need alcohol, right? And, and that's why I want to talk about it because I would love for, for the listeners to, to allow them to find another way to cope with that anxiety, right? And especially mm-hmm. in the moment because, you know, even myself, you know, just just today, million things going on at work. I got to be ready at the podcast by four thirty. Like, and then there's a moment where I have to just stop and be like, "All right, okay, let's regroup. Let's put it together." So it's interesting to learn different ways, like yourself. Like, what are you doing in in the moment to control that? One of the best things that helps me is actually writing down my task, uh, because overwhelm is something that's like normal for for the human uh, brain, right? But it's actually a good thing in in a lot of cases. But we have to control it. So I write down my task, right? Step by step, I just complete them one at a time. Completing them, that has helped me tremendously. Uh, I used to have to take pills. I don't take any pills. Uh, I don't have any anxiety attacks anymore. It's been over a year since I've had any anxiety. So uh, working a full-time job, I didn't have the time to work on myself uh, physically, spiritually, or mentally. So I never even knew what I needed to do, right? I never had time. Okay, give me the pill. Give me the pill. But after being able to focus, uh, little things like meditation, right? Just understanding who I am as a person, what I like, what I don't like, all of these things. It was just a collection of every, not one thing will do it. Sometimes it's even your crowd. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Their uh, problems at home could literally just be coming on you from an energy transfer. You know what I mean? So it was just a whole bunch of everything, cutting people off and then just focusing on me that ultimately that that did it for me. I love that. Now, how did you like learn that right because i feel like especially as minorities right mm-hmm. we're not taught that you know and it, you kind of alluded like you on the outside you're taught to be cool about it right like that's a, that's the perception and i think that's what our community designs us to be right like oh mm-hmm. everything's always good everything's always good we don't talk about these things but i feel like you're telling us the story of where you learned yourself so how did what was that journey like for you? Shoot, not even as a minority, as a man in yeah, general, yeah. right? Amen, amen. <laughs> so um, the thing for me is we're we're in a new age, right? Um, there's a lot of schooling, and schooling teaches us how to be robots, right? When you go to school, you're pretty much learning how to be a robot. But when you get an actual mentor, there you're not being a robot. They're not creating another robot. You're you're learning to create uh, to think cre- creatively and everything, right? So once I started getting mentors that, you know, were, were literally just showing me, hey, look, this, this, and that. Hey, look, this, this, like, you know, obstacle. Okay, here's a way to get through it. Here's another way to get through it. Here's another. After just dealing with so much adversity, it was just almost not self-taught, but having people who have gone through this stuff, years more experienced than, than myself, uh, they were able to really guide me in the right direction. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love that. I think that that was the pivotal for me, like. Once, once you learn how to deal with that adversity, because it's going to come. Oh, yeah. It's going to oh, come. Yeah. There's no way around it. It's going to come. But how do you look at that um, when it comes? That's dope. So you talked about, you know, being in, a, in, in your career and being in the ICU, right? So let's talk, before we get into what you're doing right now, let's, let's talk on the backstory for a little bit, right? So how did you get into, after the military, I'm presuming it was after the military or in the military, you got into nursing? Uh, both. So we're going to keep this topic brief because it sucks. Let's talk I'm about just, it. I'm just kidding. But uh, so I joined the Army. Uh, I was 17. And I was still in high school. I was a junior when I joined. And so when I graduated, went to basic and everything, they sent me to be a medic. So after becoming a medic, they actually had a LPN in my contract. 
So I went, became an LPN, and then, uh, you know, just kept going. Then I went to RN school. But at some point in time, I joined the National Guard. So I would only report one week in a month. And then when I wasn't there for that weekend or deployed or something or on orders, I was in the hospital, right? So I was working as a nurse and uh, I was I actually did hospice for some time when I was at LPN, but ultimately ended, ended my career in the ICU, assistant manager of the ICU in uh, New Smyrna Beach. Um, that's how I got there. And I, really, I just liked solving problems. That was, mm, that was the good. thing. I was a problem-solving junkie. Uh, for me, the, the human body, I loved it. Like, I, I just need to solve these problems. And um, after COVID, that was it. That was no. It was no one else. If if somebody else came and told me one more new rule that same day about COVID after we had already heard three changes in, in, a, in the 24-hour period, I, w- I would have strangled uh, somebody else and, mm-hmm. and killed myself. Like, literally, it was crazy. So that, <laughs> was that that pivotal moment for you to say, all right, I'm going to take tax deed full time i'm taking real life chances i don't <laughs> if if i end up in another career i was i was literally ready for that at that point uh we had already been doing a few investments we had a we had a credit repair business at the time and i had already been flipping tax deeds so what i my thought process was if i could take the time that i'm putting into a 9 to 5 and and helping someone else's business if i could take that same amount of time and put it into myself i should be able to be successful and it took a big leap of faith. You know, it was scary as hell, but ultimately that's what we did. That's awesome. And and that that leap of faith, man, that's a beautiful thing. Like and a scary thing. <laughs> Where did you find the courage to even believe in yourself at that at that level to say, all right, we got this? You know, it's funny because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I love found it. it. I found it as I was out there doing it. And uh, you know, we we always say success doesn't look like this mm-hmm. is not like a straight path to the top. It was, you know, it was a whole lot of, oh, crap, this didn't work. Let's do this now. Uh, you know, lost some business partners, right? Then you're just learning all these lessons. And ultimately, that's what you have to do. A lot of people are scared to fail. But in my reality, I just need to fail as much as I can so I can keep growing, right? I've had 12, 12 businesses and people only know me for the 13th. Mm, that's right? good. That's, that's good. You just got to get out there and, and attempt something. So where does that come from? Like being creative and it like finding creative ways to make money is seems like something that you're into, right? But where does that come from? Because a lot of people kind of just stick into the box or what we see. Right. So everybody listening to this can literally, you pull out your cell phone and you open up uh, Google or you open up Instagram. It's That's where it came from. It's all over the place these days. You know, what you tune into, you turn into. Mm-hmm. So at some point in time, I, you know, I said enough is enough. When I log into my Instagram, I'm not just watching stories, right? I, I decided, who am I going to follow? I'm going to follow some millionaires. Okay, this person's doing this. This person's doing that. And then if they had anything that I could get a lick of knowledge from them, uh, a course, a, a live, right? I'm tuning in. I'm taking notes and just learning from everyone. I mean, there's so many people that I could give credit to for me sitting right here today. It's not any one person. It was just a, it was a neighborhood. You know, being realistic, was it was an entire neighborhood, a community, uh, a community. So, how did you come to tax deeds? Like, it, how did we get there? <laughs> I had about eight thousand dollars in my bank account. I was a travel nurse at the time. Had like eight thousand dollars, and I knew I wanted to be a real estate investor. What are I was like? Where are all the millionaires at? What are they doing? The common uh, thing that they had was real estate. 
And I was like, man, I need to buy some real estate, but I'm not a millionaire. And lack, you know, me not knowing anything back in the day, I was just like, okay, I, I need a way to get some properties. And so when I heard about tax deeds, it was actually all the way on a deployment in 2014. Wow. And I never dove in. I started reading up on it, but we never took action. That's where most people feel. They never actually take action. We just hear it. We think about it. We watch a few YouTube videos and then, ah, man, that's it. But I finally took action. And the reason I jumped into this niche, one, not many people were talking about it. So I felt like I could go get some steals before someone caught on and, and tried to assassinate me, right? Yeah. I had some time to go kill this thing for a little bit. So I jumped in. Uh, two, I didn't need a lot of money. I had $8,000. I got three properties. It was my birthday month. Three properties in, in uh, March under 30 days, less than $5,000. All right, Batrack, how did you learn though? Okay, so you hear about this, <laughs> right? You hear about this. How do you start to learn about it though? So there's a lot of YouTube, YouTube University, you know, Google University. So, you know, I tried that. Ultimately, it wasn't enough. So I had to get out there in the field. If you, if you don't know something and you want it that bad, you have to get out there, put your shoes on, put your big boy pants on, yeah. get out there and, and just take action. So I started going to the counties. I started calling people. Hey, what's this? How do I do tax deed investing in this county? What's your steps? Blah, blah, blah. Like, they literally almost started charging me. I was calling so much. And uh, I entered my first auction. No help. Uh, I had this one guy that was working in New Smyrna Beach. Um, he was working in MRI. So every time I took a patient to MRI, I would ask him a few questions. Now, no offense, but this was a, ca a Caucasian male who, whose family had been passing down this information. Like, he was, like, maybe third-generation tax deed investor. No one was teaching it. He had, you know, kind of a inside scoop almost in a sense but the way he was doing it he would buy one house and then he would fix it and then he would sell it that's how he was doing it one uh. at a time so when i finally got a house i was like i can do this at a greater scale so he for every one house he got we're at the point where we'll get five to ten so we just did it at a higher scale and um that's how i learned it just being in the field doing it so many falls so many failures right I want to talk about that. What was your biggest? What was your biggest win, when in the industry? So biggest win, uh, for me, it was it was empty lots. I was flipping lots. I would get them two thousand to five thousand. I would sell them for twenty thousand. So for me, these were huge wins. When I started partnering up with others, you know, we did a, a fifteen thousand turn into one hundred and thirty thousand. Right now, we have ten properties in Texas that we got each of them for less than $25,000, some for under $10,000. And they're all worth, minus one, they're all worth over 200 k Wow. Yeah, one is worth $130,000. Uh, and we cost us sixteen k But we have 10 of those right now in Texas. That's just Texas. In Alabama, less than $500. We have properties worth over fifty k some worth over $200,000. That's crazy, man. That's yeah. awesome. I love that because... You know, you took a risk and you found something creative <laughs> and it's paying off. What has been the biggest lesson you've learned? Man, the biggest lesson I, I probably learned out there right now that's helping me today is that relationship building takes time. I don't, you know, I can't talk to you one day and suddenly make a relationship that's going to make me a billionaire, right? Not only do you have to meet someone, we've all gone to networking events, right? We all go, we collect the business cards. Go, Where's the business cards? I want... <laughs> Where are your business cards at, right? No. I want to know where everybody keeps their business cards. We throw them away. They get lost in the sauce somewhere. So the biggest lessons that I learned is follow-up. Always follow-up in almost anything that we do. 
So whenever I talk to someone, whether I'm just taking a business card, I literally go text them. Now, I have an assistant now. Uh, <laughs> she might be texting them, but I'm, I'm texting them. I'm scheduling follow-up appointments. Hey, let's sit down. Let's meet. You know, let's do a one-on-one. Uh, that's probably relationship building is the key to any industry. I, I agree 100%. I think one of the biggest things that people fail on is the nurturing part, oh, right? Yeah. The nurturing of the relationship. And I think that's in any relationship. So any advice you would have on how to nurture relationships? Man, the best advice that I can give is uh, Forbes actually said this in an article. Um, don't, don't try to receive before you give, right? Mm. As a business owner, always give something. So even on our Facebook ads, on our YouTube channel, we're always giving. We're giving knowledge. We're giving information. And when I'm following up with someone, I'm literally, the entire focus is how can I help you? It's, it's not even about me. How can I help you? What can I help you with? You know, is it this? Is it that? Could you use a few more properties in your portfolio for less than $10,000, right? So how can I help you? Ultimately, uh, what we formed, we formed Wolfpack Capital. And in me helping other people, that's how I get my help, right? The relationships that I've built have just taken me. I mean, the banking relationships is something we don't talk about often, but I can walk into a bank and skip everyone in line just because I know so many. And it's not even about the money. It's just me and my, you know, my personality. And it clicks with some others in that in that bank, right? So relationship building is everything. When did you find that? When did it click to you that like, okay, this isn't important. This is something that I should put importance on. Man, to be honest, this was probably this relationship thing and 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 how to truly build a relationship. Man, this is something fairly new to me. Like, I want to say three, like three to six months. Well, what what was it that you said? Okay, damn, I, I should focus on this. <laughs> to be honest with you, we um, we were just now getting into multifamily, right. and I had ne- I had not done a deal yet. My partner has 176 units though, so we partnered up and we're like, okay, let's go take on this. Uh, it was 50 something units, I think it was the the multifamily deal, and so we were doing a a, a syndication, right? And so when you syndicate something, you you need to go raise money to get limited so, partners. So real, so real quick, the people that don't know what syndication is, can you break that down and then go into if you don't mind? Yeah, yeah. So a syndication is pretty much, uh, let's say you're going to go buy an apartment complex and it costs $10 million. A lot of people don't understand. I myself don't need the whole $10,000. So what happens is we still get a, a, a debt service coverage loan, right, a DSCR, and the bank gives us about 70, 75% of that. We come in with 25%, but I don't. I still don't have the entire 25%. So what we do, we it's called a syndication. We're syndicating this deal. We're pulling in investors. It could be five investors. It could be 20 investors. It could be 50. But we're raising the money for this deal. That's what we would call a syndication. So to raise money, <laughs> to get investors, there's a hell of a lot of relationship building involved. And that's something I didn't understand. For me, it was like, hey, this deal is awesome. Put your money into it. But that's good. That's not how it works, yeah. right? Like, first of all, I don't know you. Who the hell are you, right? So you really have to build these relationships. And now, you know, we went from barely getting five investors to I just got 10 new investors this past month. That's crazy. Now, <laughs> now, how are you nurturing though? Now, when it like when it becomes 10 and 15 and 20, you know, like how do you nurture that at the lar- at a larger scale, on a larger scale? Definitely. So uh, there's, you need a system, right? Uh, the key to success, I always tell people, is, is you need to create a system and then you need to automate it. So for me, that system was hiring a team. I could do so much by myself, but until I had a team, that's when I was able to actually scale. 
So we have assistants, right? We have virtual assistants. I have some uh, personal assistants. I have other coaches. So after getting this team together, then we we need to automate some things, right? We have um, you know certain groups that we have. We have Excel sheets. We have certain softwares, uh, especially when it comes to property. I can give the property a letter grade and type a note next to it, right? Uh, excuse me. And then we have certain uh, follow-ups, right? Depending on if I'm meeting with someone, always create the follow-up before you leave the meeting. That's good. Right? That's create good. the follow-up. Hey, hey, Ryan, you know, this was an awesome podcast. Let's chat again in two weeks. Uh, how does such and such date sound? I'll reach out. Love that. Right? That's the key. The follow-up, <laughs> man. The follow-up is the money. That's where the money's at, man. Always. That's great. What is your biggest fear, my guy? Man, my biggest fear. Mm. So my biggest fear, to be quite honest with you, I have two daughters now. I think at this point, like, I don't even fear death at, at all, right? But I fear something happening to them because that would be, like, literally, that would be the end, right? We all have, uh, anybody with kids, they probably can relate to this. Like, something happening to your child is probably my biggest fear. Like, I could die today. I know they're going to, you know, whatever. They'll have some money. They'll be taken care of. But, like, if something happened to, like, my two-year-old or my seven-year-old, man, that's... <laughs> what do you think has been the biggest shift since kids for you? The biggest, man, the love, like really understanding that, that, that unconditional love. And, and I really didn't understand this concept. You know, you could say you love someone. We all said it, right? But how many exes do you have that you said mm. you love them and it, mm. you'll always be with them, right? Mm. How many exes? When it comes to a, your, your child, though, like I think my daughter could literally murder someone and come let me know. And uh, off the record, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she literally be like, "Hey, Dad, I mean, I killed them." I'll be like, "Okay, I'll, let me help you. <laughs> Let's figure this out. We gotta that's, figure this out." That's unconditional love, right there. Man. Love that. Like when they mess up, and you, you know, you, you still love them no less. That's that's a, that's a game changer. Now, what have you applied to business from having kids? To be honest, I try to treat people. As if they are my kids, if that mm, makes sense. Good. Yeah, I, I literally. So if I'm talking to, let's say, you know, I have a lot of students. We got 500 students right now. If I'm talking to an individual and you know they're they're telling me about their life and oh my goodness, I did this, but then I messed up and 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 now this, you know, they're telling me their their horror stories or what they're going through. I try to imagine talking to them as if they were like one of my children, one of my family members. So it kind of forces me. As you get bigger, a lot of people become assholes, mm-hmm. right? Let's just, to be honest, they become assholes. They don't care. You're just another person. But I can't talk to my students like they're just another person. I need to understand who they are. I need to genuinely help them out just the same as, as any other one, right? No, no student can be uh, a favorite, right? They all need help. We all have lives. They all need to get to the, their finish line. So that's what I'm here to help them with. And, and I need to treat them accordingly. Love that. So you dropped the bomb. You said 500 students. You're almost at, right? 500, yeah. What, what, is, what is the school called? What is the courses? Tell us a little bit about it. Oh, man. Get ready. Come get on. ready. So Come on. Uh, <laughs> Tax D Wolf Academy. I love it. Not only do we teach tax deeds. When you come into our academy, it's a one-stop shop. So we have an online curriculum, and we also have live classes, about three classes a week. When you come in, a lot of people don't understand the basics and they try to get out there and just, you know, shoot threes and go dunking. That's not how it works. We have to show them proper business structure. 
so many of us think, oh, I opened up an LLC, I'm protected. That's not how business structure work, structure works, right? They think, oh, you know, I, just, I did my own taxes on TurboTax. I'm good. That's not how taxes work. So we're showing them proper business structure, asset protection, you know, getting them down to uh, guiding them to the tax deed investing. And then some of them don't have enough money. We're helping them with their credit, getting them lines of credit, right? Most of our students or on average, they're getting about 30000 to 50000 We want them to get 100000 so they can then use those lines of credit, credit cards, the cheapest money, some of the cheapest money you can get, credit cards, um, lines of credit versus taking out some of these crazy loans with high interest. So they get their credit, then they're investing in tax deeds, right? They're getting their feet wet. They're, they're buying property. They're flipping property. They're getting Airbnbs. They're doing the Burr strategy, right? That's an awesome fix and flip method that, that, we, that we teach and we do. Uh, that's creating riches and wealth. So while they're doing that, we have guest speakers come teach other topics because I'm not the expert in everything. I hire the experts, right? I'm going to get this awesome tax uh, Airbnb coach to come teach Airbnb. We have Airbnbs making, ah, it's crazy. My, I have two Airbnbs that makes me more than I did as a nurse. Wow. Just two of them. We have five, right? So air, short-term rentals are an awesome strategy that I think a lot of people could benefit from because they don't cost that much money. And then we're talking about the tax deeds, the tax liens, just ultimately building wealth. And we're there every week so they can ask questions. So that's our academy, Tax Deed Wolf Academy. It's a lifetime membership. I don't believe in coming in and kicking people out. You'll always be an alumni because things happen two years from now. You still need a mentor, right? Like, oh, no, I'm not your mentor anymore. You, no, don't talk to me. You know, like, we're there for you. And uh, we have other coaches. We have other, other instructors that are going to be there for you as well. That's so dope, man. And what made you say, like, all right, you know, you could have went out there and just kept the information to yourself, right? You're I doing tried. It, you know, you're, you're keeping it to yourself. <laughs> what made you go and spin off into the course in the academy and all of that? So I've always been a very uh, social media type of person. I never really cared. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd put it out there. And so as I was getting out there, I was doing my thing. Uh, people kept asking me, like, hey, what are you doing? How does this work? Like, holy crap, you did what? Um, I think I had, got a, I had got a property for like 3000 and we sold them for 18500 And they were like, people were like, at this point, they're like, okay, what the hell are you doing? Are you selling drugs? Like, what is it? So they just kept asking me. And somebody mentioned, like, you should make a course. I was like, would people even really want that? Like, whatever. So... I was like, you know what? I'm going to do one-on-one mentorship for people who want this course. And I think at the beginning, I was like, uh, just $200 or something. And people were getting there. were just booking it up. And then it got to the point where I was like, I almost, like my wife almost had to take me to the hospital. I had call after call after call booked up. And I was literally teaching these individuals one by one, one at a time. And so then we were like, okay, something's got to give. So that's when we went to the group coaching model, you know, we had the online Zoom calls. It was just, you know, multiple people. Then we had the online curriculum. So then they could just, you know, self-pace. And uh, yeah, man, it was it was a lot of lessons learned throughout this journey. That's awesome. And so how many courses do you offer right now? So right now we just have the one course, okay. Tasty Wolf Academy. That one course gets you everything, even the Airbnb classes. Awesome. Awesome. So what's next for you, man? Like you're building a portfolio. What is the next play in the playbook man so right as of right now the goal is to take down a multifamily that's that's one of the goals we have so when i say multifamily i don't mean a duplex i'm talking probably over 20 units uh that's that's our next goal to take down one of those hopefully before these this year ends um other than that i just want to help as many people as possible um 
that that's that's literally it. I just want to like really I want to 10x this to be honest. You know, I have 500 students now. I need I need like 20,000 students. You know what I mean? Love I that. need the Zoom calls so big that people can't get in. That's <laughs> that's what we're trying to do. Just help as many people as possible, especially with this economy. So many people feel like they can't do it or you know, they're stuck, they're scared. Why I'd be scared when there's a way? Mm, that's good. Now, let's give some free game, bro. Let's get some free <laughs> game real quick. I know we got the course. Let's get some free game. Somebody even starting that journey of, you know, well, let, first, let's uh, ask you this. How did you get in this space to, to think of creative ways to make money? So, really, there's an app called uh, Clubhouse, right? Okay. Now, now, even before Clubhouse, I, 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 I was not scared to spend money. You, you have to start, stop thinking about money as, like, this god. Right, it's a tool. Mm. You can't be scared of it. You spend it, you you get more of it. Right, that's that's what we do with money. We invest it to get more back. So one thing that we always think about is like investing in in uh, real estate. But you can invest in mentorship. That's another way you can get a return on your money. So I've always invested in mentors. Hey, you know, teach me this, teach me that. When I tell you, coming from someone who just went to school to start hearing things like lease options, subject two. And stuff like all these creative deal seller financing, I was like, holy crap, what is pre-foreclosures, right? Like I was just mind blown. There was so much. So after getting that mentor, I kind of became addicted. Like, man, there's so much I don't know. Still today, right? There, we will never know everything. So it's important to continue to craft your skills and, and continue to get better, especially as rules change, as laws change. So after hearing this, I just, you know, I'm a problem solver. I became addicted. I need to know more. There's other ways. There's wholesaling. We did, I'm not a wholesaler. I did two wholesale deals this year, wow. right? And wholesaling is an awesome way to make money from no money at all. So uh, that's, that's what did it for me. I just need to figure out as many different things. And at this point, now it's at the point where, you know, those bad kids, they just like kind of just test things out. Like, I'm going to say this to see if the te- what the teacher does, right? Yeah. It's almost like that at this point. Like, man, if I, if I create a trust and I do this uh, and no one can touch me, let's test it out. <laughs> that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Just getting creative with it, man. And I think that's the best thing, right? Like, it's a game. And if we play it like a game and understand the risk measures as we make these moves, you know, that's when you create the freedom. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I love that. Now, for my listeners listening and they're working, you know, they have their nine to five. Because um, I think there's an illusion like we nine to fives are whack. Some may agree. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I think it, it's 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 a good stepping stone. And we all need It's like I know that at, at one point in time you had your nursing career while you were taking off mm-hmm. in this endeavor. So how would you how, how did you? And how would you advise on people balancing that? Definitely. So in the beginning, it's going to be a sacrifice. And uh, everyone needs to understand that. It's going to be a sacrifice. Now, you don't always have to sacrifice. Uh, you don't have to sacrifice money all the time. You don't have to sacrifice a goat, right? Yeah. But you might need to sacrifice some time. And time is very a very valuable sacrifice because it's everything. So what I how it looked for me is I left a 12-hour shift at the hospital to come home and still be tired, to come home and still have, you know, a wife that, you know, wanted time and this and that. I would stay up late. I was sacrificing time and sleep. I, I stayed up late writing a book, mm. right? I, I wrote tax deed investing late at night. I got to finish this book. Got to finish this book. So for me, I had to sacrifice the time. So for anybody listening out there, you have your nine to five. The, the real, your real story starts 
what you do when you clock out, right? That's where everything counts. What are you doing when you're not at that job? And you need to be investing in yourself. That that could be another course. That could be, I highly suggest getting a mentor. There's no need oh, to yeah. do this by yourself. So, you know, you wouldn't try to fly a plane right now by yourself. Just have someone teach you how to do it. So get, like, really invest in yourself. When you clock out, you need to be better in yourself. You need to get a read a book. You need to be listening to podcasts. I honestly don't even listen to that much music anymore. Like I'm listening to podcasts just like this one. I'm I'm in an app called Clubhouse, networking app, learning new strategies, creating new partnerships. Like that's that's gonna be the key. Love that, man. Love that. It's all about growing and developing and putting yourself into different positions to allow yourself the opportunity to win, right? Oh yeah. I think that's something that you believe in too, is like positioning yourself for that opportunity. You know the definition of power. Uh, I, I spoke at an event in Orlando, and uh, I opened up. I was like, I'm going to talk about power. Mm. And uh, the definition of power, people always think about um, having control. But one of the, the second definition is actually having influence, mm. right? Not just on yourself, but on other people. You know, it's a powerful thing that, that we don't realize. We can literally instill ideas into others, and that's scary. Like, it's literally scary. I can persuade someone to do what I want them to do. And that's, you know, people have drank and drink the Kool-Aid oh, yeah. that killed them. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you can get what you want in this world. There's literally no excuses. You can persuade the bank to give you money to go buy houses. So that's powerful. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, like manifestation. I think that's why manifestation and thoughts become things. And like once I learned that reality... That if I said it and thought it enough, the shit could come true. Oh, I'm like, oh shit! Like I was, I'm, I've always been the bad kid, right? So I was already like, oh shit, let me keep testing this out, right? Uh, so let me ask you a question because I love that you talked about this. It's about doing the things when nobody's watching. So if dead or alive, if you could do business with anybody, who would it be? This is gonna shock a lot of people, but it's probably Kanye West. And- <laughs> oh, shit. Especially, especially how hot he is in the media it's, right now. It's, it's still Kanye. It's Kanye right now, man. Dead Talk about it. Why? Um, I just like how uh, we, you know, we coming from the from the mud. Like a lot of people can relate coming from literally nothing. And uh, if if you know Kanye, he, you know, we're black. We're we're minorities. Mm-hmm. We were we're not supposed to be where we are today, statistically, yeah. right? But seeing everything that he's he's done, um, you know, I would I would even I'd probably say Jay Z too. Like, holy crap, to come from nothing and get there. A lot of these other millionaires, they had the the rich dad. They had the you know, if it wasn't their rich dad, it was the neighbor's rich dad. You know, so yeah, yeah. from someone that didn't have that to still make it and and uh, make such a big name for themselves, I, I would really want to know uh, what's going on there. That the power of that influence uh, is just crazy. I love that. I actually ask this question a lot when I speak because um, I get into the next part. Why? But my audience, I always say is 50 Cent. Um, he's just a brain, bro. Like, oh, yeah. you know, music, music aside, like, of course, Get Rich or Die Trying, I think is one of the best albums ever. But just the way that he thinks. And like, I, I love podcasts. So I would study his interviews. Mm-hmm. And you would ask 50 a question. He would kind of stop for like a millisecond and then respond with what, what he wanted to say. Right. Very thoughtful and calculated. So I always ask that question when I speak, and then I follow that by saying, would that person, if they were to see you and you didn't know that they were watching you for 24 hours, so if Kanye was watching you for 24 hours and you didn't know that he was watching you, would he still want to do business with you? Mm, yeah, that's a woof. And 
That's a good question. Uh, I would I would definitely say yeah, right. Uh, that that's some question that uh, this one of my one of my business partners. He actually says this. He's like, if um if if you were on trial and and the court was trying to prove that that you are awesome and you're killing it, would they have enough evidence mm. to prove you guilty? So it's it's kind of the same question. Yeah, as that's cool. like mine is like doing like <laughs> what are you doing when no one's watching? Yeah, right. Like that's what I had to get good at. Like when no one's watching. What am I doing? Am I studying? Am I on YouTube University? Am I on the podcast? Right? Like, and I love that you said that because I think that's that's some of the best advice because mm-hmm. that's where you really win. It's that OT. When you get home from your job, you're tired, you just dealt with the wife, maybe you dealt with the kids and you settled everybody, then you got to go put in the work. Oh, yeah. And, and balancing it all out. Sometimes I had to wait for wifey to fall asleep, mm-hmm. right? Not to go cheat, yeah. right? But go, to go finish my book, like yeah. literally to go learn and go read. Um, and then I had to start waking up earlier, right? That was one of the sacrifices. I need to, there's not enough time in a day. Yeah. I'll create more time. So yeah. I started waking up earlier, reading in the morning, then working out because you have to be there. Everything comes in threes with me. So you have to get your mind right, but your body needs to be there so it can even be capable of keeping up. Because if not, your knowledge, your brain's expanding. You're getting smart. You're getting intelligent. You're getting savvy. But then you feel the fatigue, yes, right? You're just yes. feeling tired all the time. Like, why? The food you're, you're putting in your body, like literally everything. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's, it's definitely that holistic approach, right? Like at this, and that's where I'm learning. Like we, we compare like an athlete, right? And to play at this high level, you really <laughs> have to have your shit together, right? Like, you know, to even think about it, you know, we just grinded all of us in this room. We got, we, I feel like we're on set right now. Shout out to the crew. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like we just grinded it out. I'm sure everybody in this room went in, woke up early, put in work. And then after hours, we get in on the mic. We're putting in more work, mm-hmm. right? So it takes, it takes an elite level to keep doing that. And I'm sure maybe a lot for a lot of us in this room, it doesn't stop right now. You know, we got, we, we, we're about to have to go drive and now we're going to go <laughs> make the next play. So I, I love that you say, you know, it's, it's a 360 approach. So how do you balance that or how are you balancing it right now? Man, so for me, it's all about a schedule. And, and I, I think I was telling John this or somebody, I, I suck at schedules. I'm not going to lie. So I had to get an assistant and my assistant's job is literally to coordinate my life for mm. me. So um, if it's, it has to be on my schedule, it just has to be. So I wake up every morning, uh, go to the gym about six to seven and, and I don't need an alarm. It's just when I wake up and every day I'll just wake up around the same time. So I head to the gym or I'll read a book first and then go to the gym and then um, just kind of get going with my life. Now the balance comes in with having a schedule and at least having the blocks. It's hard for me to get caught off guard because I'm, I've already planned everything. You know, every once in a while, you know, oh, lender, lender, we were good to close two days uh, from now. Say but about now. the lenders now. <laughs> <laughs> but now lender yeah. needs this. Like, wait, we're supposed to close today. <laughs> you know, you get hit with those curveballs. But understanding, and that's why I said the army, I have the army to thank a lot for just dealing with the adversity. You're still alive. You know, people get stressed out about the smallest things, the smallest things. So when you learn to... You can't change it anyway. Traffic. You know, when's the last time you, you, you've said, oh, said a few cuss words in the car when there's oh, traffic? 100%. What can we do about it, right? So now when I'm stuck in traffic, I'm actually trying to handle some business. Oh, yeah. Let me make a few phone calls. Let me, you know, do this, do that. I don't dr- uh, text and drive, no. Um, but <laughs> but uh, first. 
to balance, you know, you just have to uh, really be productive and um, keep yourself on a schedule. And ultimately, you have to change your whole mindset. Man. Yeah. You've got to change your mindset. Without that, you have nothing. A hundred percent. New Rich, a lot about what New Rich is, is mindset, man. If you change the way you look at things, the things that you look at change, right? Facts. And having that right mindset. And, and, you know, even this year, I had a shift and look at things and say, okay, what's the gift in this? Right. When bad, some bad shit's happening, like it's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. But there has to be some type of gift in this that I could take away and like, all right, I got the gift. All right, I got I understand it. Let's <laughs> let's let's move forward, man. So what advice, man, as we as we wrap up, what advice do you have for somebody just starting out? Like we're we're in a difficult world, a loud world. Right. You talked about being great on social media. You have a great. um influence on social media but in this loud world what advice would you have for somebody starting out right now on this journey yeah that's some awesome advice so first things first you're going to want to write down your goals um you know they say that uh, people who write down their goals increase their chances of reaching them by 42 percent there's harvard which, studies on there yeah which is crazy so write down your goals and then get someone that can help you with your goals right your goal does not need to be done alone I'm, i guarantee the goal that you have Someone's done already. Yep. So get with someone that has done that goal already. Now, after you get with that one person who's going to help you achieve your goal, just don't give up. That- <laughs> now, now, people would say there's not people that want to help me. Is that true? That is 100% false. Amen. 100% Amen. false. So now, now you need to help yourself, right? A lot of people want to do it the easy way. Mm-hmm. Be careful with that easy way, right? Yeah. That you got to get out of your comfort zone. If you're scared to spend money, but you want to be a millionaire... You know, you understand most millionaires, billionaires have spent that same amount of money oh, yeah. to get where they are, but people want to be millionaires, but they won't invest $10,000. Everybody wants right? something free. Be careful about that easy. So your, you know, your first investment uh, or your first big investment, it, it might be a little tough. Like, man, like I spent this much, but as you keep breaking those barriers, you keep reaching, you keep busting down those thresholds. That's how you're going to get it. Especially if it's money. If you want to make money, you can't be scared of it and you need to learn how to spend it appropriately, but you cannot be cheap. What have you learned about sacrifice? Mm, man, <laughs> it's necessary, mm, right? Sacrifice good. is necessary. Um, as long as you're still here, as long as you're still alive, there's always another day, right? There's there's always going to be another day for you. So the one thing that I that I have done with with myself is I don't live in the past anymore. I, I literally have a tattoo somewhere on my body. This one says, uh, "My first sergeant used to tell me this in the army: fail fast and move on." Mm, so that's, that's that's one thing that we can't. Yesterday is not coming back. Tomorrow's not even promised. So if you can do something, you need to do it today because today is literally all you have. So a lot of people are like, "Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week." Why? Right. That's tomorrow and next week's not going to get you where you want to be, at least as fast as you want to get there. So sacrifice that little bit of laziness that that we all have. Right. Like get rid of it. Cut it off. That ends today. Whatever you can do today, do it today. Love that. Would the 10 year old you think that you would be here today? Man, not in a hundred years. <laughs> 10 year old me thought I was going to have to be a basketball player or, or a rapper. That's to get good. where I wanted to be today. <laughs> that's good, man. That's good. And and it, that's changed now, right? Your whole perspective has changed now. 100%. Now my goal is literally to show 
10-year-old me and the other 10-year-old me that there's other ways. Mm, that's good. Talk about that. That that. <laughs> so what we did was we we had a um a movement called called New Legacy, mm. right? And the whole goal of this movement was I wanted to show kids that you don't have to be a rapper or athlete to be successful and live a cool life. So whenever I can, right, we were on a yacht. Uh, we you know we've got the exotic cars, and uh, I really do that not to. It's not so much to show you, hey, look at me, look at me, look what I have. It's more so to show you, like, hey, look what you can get, mm-hmm. right? That that's really what it is. So we want to show everybody. We go speak. You know, we speak to uh, kids in middle school. It's important that that they start learning at a young age, yeah. right? It, before before too long, it's too late. Like if you wait too long, it's it's too late. So uh, we we're literally teaching, giving back, teaching uh, the kids about credit, how important it is, because that's something not many Americans even. You know, these foreign people in other countries. It's crazy how they know more about our system than we do yeah. in most cases. But uh, so it's, it's super important to give back. Love that. So you retired nursing at how old? 29. How did that feel? I was scared as hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my wife about it. I was like, hey, look, um, I was sitting at the nurse's station. And at this point in time, we had already created the course. And, you know, I had done some, I had a few tax flips. I was like, man, I just made like $18,000 from one, you know, one flip. And it was, it was like, man, it was kind of easy. I could do this full time. And I'm telling my wife, she's like, you think? I'm like, yeah, I think, I think I can do this. And um, then we had the course and I'm sitting at the nursing station still. I'd already been doing tax deeds. And, you know, it happened again. I was like, I made, I just made $15,000 in a weekend. And I was like, how many days would I have to work to make $15,000? And, you know, I sat there and I was like doing the math. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. One of my mentors told me, it's like, you just need to, um, your your income, you need to at least double that before you leave your full-time job. And after I did my calculations, I was like, all right, I'm there. And and I, like I told you, if I could put the same amount of time into me, it's a wrap. And and that's exactly what happened. Once I was able to focus on myself and and not have to clock in, clock out, I had more time to spend with the family, more time to sacrifice and, yeah. and 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 uh read books and and write books and and create courses and stuff like that um that man that was that was life-changing love that so how do they tap in with you man how do they follow you on every social media how do they get into the course how do they plug in yeah definitely so right now on every platform at tax deed wolf um right now on ig tax deed wolf ceo but uh when that account comes back up it'll be tax deed wolf as well so those are our only two IG accounts. There's a lot of scammers out there trying to beat us. Uh, there's only two accounts, TaxD Wolf and TaxD Wolf CEO. Uh, for anybody that uh, wants to reach out, 386-THE-WOLF. Go ahead and shoot us a text and we'll get back to you. Nice, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on today, man. It was great. We connected. Um, we didn't even talk about this. The first time we connected... We got lit off of mimosas. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. You remember that? I had just left a photo shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you were like Gucci down or Louis V down. Um, I went to go and meet a real estate agent and you were there and we just chopped it up, man. So it was great energy from the beginning. So it was dope when I got the call um for you to come on, man. It was it was it was honorable. I appreciate it. I love what you do. Um it's important for people that look like us to see. Well, that there's possibilities, right? Um, and, and you're doing that. And you're making it look good. And, you, and you're doing it with a certain integrity, right? right. Um, you want to do it the right way. You want it to look a certain way. 
and that's very honorable, man. So I appreciate what you're doing, how you're going about it. Uh, so if there's anything that I could do, man, the New Rich community could do, we're here for you. But thank you one more time, man, for being on the show. Oh, I appreciate it. And before we go, you mentioned right. gems. Let me just give y'all a couple right, of gems drop, real drop, quick drop, before drop, we drop, drop out drop, of here. Drop, drop, drop. So we talked a little bit about tax deed investing. I want you to understand that every state is different. You might live in a tax lien state, a tax deed state, or a tax redemption deed state. You might have heard that there's a one-year waiting period, two-year waiting period, six-month waiting period. These are all true. No one lied to you, right? They just told you they're true. So mm. it's only for what state they were in they were talking about. Now, you need to understand every state's different. So step one, go to your county clerk of court website. You're going to look for their tax sale, sale list, tax deed list, tax lien list, sheriff sale, scavenger sale, uh, whatever it might be called in your area. Once you go there, that you'll literally have your list for tax foreclosure properties or tax sale properties. Now, you can call your county up to figure out how they conduct their auction, how much money you need to have in your auction account to bid, everything. Now, the hard part comes in is the due diligence. And that's where we're probably going to want to reach out to us so we can make sure that you're buying the right properties. Because some of these properties can cost you more than what you spent on them. Okay, a $3,000 property is cool. But then when you find out you had $20,000 worth of liens, now you're obligated to pay the taxes every year. Oh, crap, there's HOA fees I didn't know about. So there's a lot of costly mistakes that people can make without the right guidance. So reach out to us, Tax D Wolf, and I'm going to see y'all at the top. I love that, man. I actually got calls before, man. Like, yo, you know the Tax D Wolf dude personally, man? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, 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 I do. Let me put you in contact, man. So you're definitely doing the right thing. Your social media is popping. And I think the community sees that what you're doing is adding value and you know you're really taking it serious so again man i appreciate you for coming on and taking the time i appreciate you man thanks for having me for sure let's do it again take care